you staring at? How come you did it? Did what? Shot my father. Did he tell you that? <laughs> How come you ran away from all of us? How come you shot him, ran away, and did all that stuff? I shot him because he tried to stop me. I could have killed him if I'd wanted to, but I didn't. I just wanted him to let me go. Why? Because, because he tried to hold me. He wanted to tie me down. He wanted to keep me on a stinking little ranch away from everybody, keep me all to himself. Well, nobody holds me. But he loved you. Love. He wanted to own me. He wanted to... Bring me up like a, like a snot-nosed kid and tell me what to do. Well, nobody tells me what to do. Always so right himself, knowing everything. Reading the Bible at me. What are you grinning at? Nothing. Maybe you know what I'm talking about, huh? <laughs> Always so right himself? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe like you said out there, maybe you are more like me. Huh? Yeah, you got sense. Maybe you don't fall for that slop any more than I do. Maybe you know what people are really like, what they want. I got the toughest house on the coast. And the finest clientele. Yeah. Half the stinking city hall go there. They sneak in at night. And I walk in this front door in the daytime, see? And I build it up from nothing. Now you want $5,000 of my money to go into business to pay your father back what he lost. You know, that's funny. Oh, well, uh, I don't think he'll know where I got it. No, but it's, it's funny just the same. Your father. He's the purest man there is, isn't he? Oh. He thought he had me all tied up with his purity. Now I give you $5,000 of the money that I made to save him his purity. <laughs> if you don't think that's funny, you better not go to college. see what's so bad about taking a little drink you don't no i i definitely he's don't. a minor mr stark and it looks to me like he had more than a little drink don't hum dear oh, i got loose pretty good in my day too oh really frank when was that can't you wait till we get home how about you jim got anything to say for yourself not interested huh can't you answer What's the matter with you, anyhow? He's just loaded, honey. I was talking to Jim. Well, I'd uh, like to just explain. You see, we just moved here, you understand? And the uh, kid hasn't got any friends, you understand? Uh, well, and we moved, we moved into it. Will you hold it, Jim? Tell the man why we moved here. Will you hold it? You can't protect me. Do you mind if I try? Do you, do you have to slam the door in my face? <laughs> I try to get to him. What happens? Uh -huh. 
Don't I buy everything you want? A, a bicycle? You get a bicycle. A car? You buy me many things. No, no. no. Well, you not just buy. We give you love and affection, don't we? Well, well, then what is it? Was it because we went to that party? Well, you know what kind of drunken brawls those kind of parties turn into. It's not a place for kids. A minute ago, you said you didn't care if he drinks. He said a little drink. You're tearing me apart! What? You, you say one thing, he says another, and everybody changes back again! That's a fine way to behave. Well, you know who he takes after. Good evening, and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. 91 years ago, James Byron Dean was born in Marion, Indiana, and died at the young age of 24 on September 30th, 1955, in Cologne, California. For that short period of time in 1955, he was on his way to becoming super famous first as Cal Trask in the film East of Eden directed by Ilya Kazan and then after his death Rebel Without a Cause which made him very very famous he is remembered as a cultural icon of teenage disillusionment and social estrangement and expressed in this title of his most celebrated film, Rebel Without a Cause, which is true, where he played Jim Stark. His final film was Giant in 1956. Oh, I didn't know this. There, there's a lot of things about James Dean that we don't know. His personal life. But what stands the test of time are those three performances in those three films. He also did television. He did stage. Today is Oscar Day. You know, the Oscar nominations were announced. He is the only actor ever to have two posthumous Oscar nominations. One for East of Eden and the second for Giant. He also was nominated for a BAFTA rebel without a cause he started out in television in family theater CBS television workshop his first film was fixed bayonets uncredited but it was his death in 1955 that really cemented his his fame the cultural impact the zeitgeist known as fame in 
Dean is identified as this rebel. Rebel without a cause. Someone who lived life on the edge when in all actuality he didn't. He just happened to be in a very bad car accident that took his life. And throughout the years, people have talked about he still connects, is connected through them through death, that he is ever present in the spirit world. And I believe that. I believe that. Rebel Without a Cause, a film that would have, would prove to be hugely popular among teenagers. The film has been cited as an accurate representation of teenage angst. Yep. There is so much to be said about him. You know, the fact that in the film Giant, he's got gray hair, which in actuality, he didn't, he didn't live past the age of 24. And so we started off with a clip from East of Eden, where he's playing Cal Trask. And throughout tonight's podcast, we're going to visit other clips of his films in the middle of the show, at the end of the show, including a PSA that he did with Gig Young right before he was killed. In fact, he is dressed in the giant outfit that he sported as... Um, Jet Rink, where he is this, he's this kind of, he's a ranch hand, and he falls madly in love with Elizabeth Taylor's character, Leslie Benedict, who is married to Rock Hudson. But East of Eden, and then Rebel Without a Cause, which followed, where he plays um, Jim Stark, I mean, that red jacket. So many rock stars have tried to copy James Dean's persona, his look. Some people have often said that Brad Pitt is James Dean, or this person is, or River Phoenix. Nobody is James Dean. Nobody. He has been dead longer than he was alive. And his image is forever cemented and frozen in time as a cultural icon a cultural icon of film and media and if you think of I mean like I just said the, the red jacket the teenage angst driving fast there's so much to be said about his, his ticket to fame it was very short he only lived to see East of Eden. He didn't live to see Rebel Without a Cause. He didn't live to see Giant. And in between that, did a lot of television. He did a program with Ronald Reagan, of all people, <laughs> where his method acting kind of flipped Reagan for a loop. Reagan was not very versed, or very versed, sorry. Reagan Reagan really wasn't into method acting. You know, he was about the Gipper. <laughs> yeah. And politics. 
Uh, but we know, and and we know what happened with that. So when it came to a new star like James Dean, who was, you know, on the same path as Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando was all about the method. And many others followed in Brando's footsteps, including Martin Sheen, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Gene Hackman. They all followed in Brando's steps, including James Dean. In fact, James Dean was going to do a film called Somebody Up There Likes Me. And then he was killed in the car crash. And someone who he screen tested with in uh, for East of Eden ended up getting the part. And that was Paul Newman. I thought I would play a clip from you for you from uh, it's called Dark Dark Hours Ronald Reagan and James Dean Help me. Last time she watched an operation, she passed out cold. Please. No, no, it's, it's all right. I want to. You better get started. Uh, if I were you, I wouldn't do anything funny. You know what I mean? Huh? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? under your nose and you just breathe deeply what i can't take a chance on a general without oxygen it's it's just a little chloroform oh no man uh-uh no eyes to sleep you give me a needle you got some kind of needle there don't you it'll hurt that way ah, i've been hurt before hey bud if i scream man you turn that radio up good and loud huh so nobody hears me i'm hit that i'm hit don't you want don't you want to come over here? You just go about your business. See? Are you making pops? Man, I feel like I'm rolling. Yeah, yeah, me too. It's crazy, isn't it? Crazy. How are you going to be Pick up on that bop, that's all you have to do. Do-do-do-do. 
You don't have to go. Just help me get him to the car. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now, just, just keep it cool, man. Just, just don't mess around. Well, now, look, if we're not in a... Turn off that radio. If we don't hurry, there's no use in going. Come on, man. Come on, How you feel, Pops? How are you? Huh? You want to go to the hospital? Man, that's a drag. He doesn't want to go to the hospital, Doc. Hey, hey, come on, man. Get up. Let's cut out Look, here. I'm not going to argue with you. If he doesn't have a transfusion, he's going to die. Mm. It might be too late right now. Come on, man. Either help me or get Wait out of here. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're getting me mixed up. Now, let's keep it. Take cool. his feet. Cool. Take his feet. All right, now be careful. Come on, now, easy. Um. Get back there. Go on, get back there. What's the matter with you? We're just going to stay right here, all of us, until Pee-wee's back on his feet. Hey, man. Hey, Pee-wee. Hey, man. You okay? Hey, come on. Come on, Dad. Pick it up. Pick up the bones. Come on. Come here, Doc. I don't like the way he looks. That is a television program called, I believe, Dark Dark Hours. And James Dean and his friend are, I believe, on the run. Because, you know, they've been shot at. And Ronald Reagan is this doctor that they go to. I think he was a vet. They go into... But see, as you can hear... Even even in television, 
He was bringing the method. He was bringing it. And he was channeling all sorts of different emotions within that aspect. And if I'm, I'm looking for it. I mean, it, it was interesting. It's interesting to, he, he, you know, he has that emotional, uh, you know, first of all, a lot, a lot of male actors were not doing that. Him and Brando were, and I love how one time Cher, they did like an AFI thing talking about James Dean and Cher was like, he cried in a painful way like a woman and he was crying about the thing, same things that I was in pain about and I thought how interesting oh okay I think this one's it is this it I think it was run like a thief and him and his friend and his friend has been shot and the friend needs a transfusion and is telling him to turn the music up and the friend dies and he doesn't want to believe it. And a lot of that he channeled through his own personal, you know, he had lost his mother very young. Him and his father were somewhat estranged. And then when he became famous, he tried to reestablish a relationship with his father. His aunt and uncle raised him in um, Iowa. So there was a lot of emotional turmoil with James Dean. He's, you know, I, I, it kind of, it's kind of weird when actors die young now and they compare themselves to him. I remember when Heath Ledger died and people immediately James Dean. But Heath Ledger had a, a massive body of work totally different than James Dean because James Dean had just those three films and then this television career back then that's when they did live TV so it's really different there especially the time that we live in where when people die young there's so much of them that you can access where with James Dean Something like that had never happened before. Last time that happened was Rudolph Valentino. This sex symbol and he dies and people lose their minds. And so James Dean, it furthered it. It furthered this rebel. These kids realize he's gone and they go to rebel without a cause. And they're like, they want to be a rebel just like James Dean too. A lot of films kind of play with that. I remember watching a couple of years ago, A Single Man with Colin Firth and he loses his partner in the film and he comes in contact contact with this young man who looks like James Dean and he's from Spain and he says to him you're better than James Dean because I think he's looking for a trick or to be a trick and, and Colin Firth's character per- turns him away because that's not what he's after. He he is still mourning the loss of his of his love, and to have this guy who just came to California to look like James Dean. That were there was a lot of that. There was a lot of that. Is that I think people felt that they could tap into 
that energy. Even River Phoenix. River Phoenix was really compared to James Dean. Died very young. Just like James Dean. But that that really is guilty by association. You think of all the rock stars that died at 27. And those who those actors who die young. So it's a different kind of fame than it was at that time for James Dean. His image is everywhere. His image won't ever go away. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing because then you're able to watch those three films. Some people have a favorite. Some people prefer Giant. Some people prefer Rebel Without a Cause. Some people prefer East of Eden. Really, all three are important because they are so layered. East of Eden, he's playing this loner, Cal Trask. Who is vying for his father's affections. Him and his twin brother. His brother is engaged to this woman, Abra. uh, Played by the late Julie Harris. Raymond Massey plays the father. Burl Ives is even in the movie. It takes place in, in Monterey and Salinas, California. Written by John Steinbeck. Steinbeck didn't really want James Dean, and yet Ilya Kazan did, and Ilya Kazan knew how to manipulate this performance, but at the same time was kind of taken aback by the method acting of James Dean. Because it was so different than Brando. It was totally, in that aspect of him in the television series, he sounds like a wild animal. He just can't take the fact that his friend is dead. And then in Rebel Without a Cause... Rebel Without a Cause. It's almost like he's looking for a family. He has his parents, but he's looking to identify himself within his peer group. And he's got these friends. He's got Natalie Wood's character, Julie, and then Plato, played by Sal Minio, who idolizes him and in a way I think is secretly in love with the Jim Stark character. And then we go to to Giant where that's a total you want to talk about a, a 360 total different character. Loner, yes, but he's ambitious. See the other two they were just trying to get someone's good graces and here is Jet Rink who really just wants to make a buck and and is in competition with the Benedicts. He's in competition with Rock Hudson's character vying for Elizabeth Taylor's affections. And there's a clip of him. Just he stuck it. He he hits oil. He's rich. He realizes it. And he throws it in their faces. And in a way it blows up in his own face. And and here's an interesting tidbit. His much of his performance was finished at the time of his death but there were vocal there were like voice clips that they he he couldn't do voiceover clips so what they did is they brought in his friend who's also in the film Dennis Hopper who was able to imitate Dean's voice and finish those parts I think it was when he's in the room and he's moaning and he's an old man. And that's the other thing. That's the other thing is the the makeup. Him look he's got gray hair and and it's striking to look at because that that wasn't his fate. 
his fate was something totally different to the point now we are still talking about him 67 years later. He's been gone for 67 years. But we still, he comes on the screen and he lights up the screen. That's what a true movie star does. And then not not just any star, a dead movie star. Sharon Stone said something interesting about James Dean. She said, you die young and leave a good looking corpse. Um, in the 2000s, there was a very interesting show called Dead Famous. And it was the series where they would try to contact these celebrities who were long dead. And it was it was Gail Porter and Chris Fleming. It's a very interesting program. They went on this odyssey to talk to people who had known James Dean. And one of them was the actress who played Vampira as well as the actress from Seinfeld. Jimmy and Dizzy met one rainy afternoon in Manhattan. Dean was there in search of Broadway stardom. Dizzy was an aspiring dancer. They lived together and were even engaged to be married. You wrote a book here called Dizzy and Jimmy. Yes, I did. With a life with James Dean. So obviously you got closer to him than most people would. What was he like as a man? I, I never knew him as a man. I knew him as a boy trying to be a man. Why do you think uh, James Dean's memory and his image is so enduring and relevant today? <laughs> I laugh because my take on it was, I tell you, he was blind as a bat and he always looked so... <laughs> and I think if he had wore glasses and he looked more in charge of himself, people wouldn't be so lonely for him all the time. Oh, that poor boy. It was believed that James would, like, have this life living fast, you know, dying young type attitude. Do you think he was obsessed at all with death? Like, living on the edge? That is such bullshit. Really? Yes. He wasn't suicidal. I mean, he wasn't obsessed with driving, but when he drove, he drove fast. And it didn't bother me because so did I. Where were you, and how did you feel when you first heard about his tragic death? I was getting drunk on a beach in the St. Thomas in the island of Virgin Islands. And uh, I was devastated. How do you think people felt that he died? It's tragic. It is a tragic story. He died so young and people were reaching out for him and all of a sudden he was gone and people never get over that. Tell me, how, how have you felt his presence? You still sense that he's around? I get the feeling that every once in a while he's he's taking care of me or he's laughing like hell, at this, like this, like today. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's sitting somewhere just on the edge of a cloud, feet, his feet dangling, and he's smoking a cigarette and just laughing. If, uh, if Jimmy was still around today, what do you think he'd be doing? Like I said, I don't. I wonder if he'd have any hair. 
Across town, I'd finally found Vampira in an L.A. restaurant. While she looked different to her infamous gothic image of the 50s, her eccentric spirit was still evident. James and Vampira were kindred spirits, and their connection lasted beyond his death. What was it about um, Jimmy Dean that attracted you to him? He's a spirit reborn. We all, many of us are, not here for the first time. He was an old soul. And I think maybe they put a few people in the same package, a few spirits. Really? And how long were you friends for? Oh, I think it was about 17 months. Well, still, I guess. And where were you when you found out about the crash? Oh, I was at home and the phone rang. And my friend now phoned and said, uh, have you heard the news? And I said, what news? And he said, he's dead. Did, did he know that he was going to die young? Well, we were walking on Hollywood Boulevard in early September 1955. And it said, extra, extra. And the extra said, Robert Francis is killed in a plane crash. And Jimmy said, that's the second one. They happen in threes. I'm next. And he was next. People that were closest to Jimmy, almost all of them nearly died immediately afterward. Their lives were, they met, I had like two or three serious accidents, weird, strange, unnatural. Well, we're driving along on this lovely sunny day, exquisite sky, and Jimmy was not yet buried, but he was dead. And I said to my friend, John, who was driving, Jimmy is up there with God, hit in the rear like that, and, and skidded in, into broadside into the oncoming traffic. And nothing hit us, surprisingly. So we limped over, now we were damaged, we limped over into the parking lot of Ciro's, and the car behind us that had hit us came in to make arrangements with our driver. That was Marlon Brando who had hit us. And then when Marlon came out to compare notes with my driver and saw that it was me, he said, I smell death in my nostrils. He said that? He said, Marlon said, I smell death in my nostrils. Yeah. Has Jimmy contacted you since his death? He had told me when he was going to contact me that he would do it with fire, with lighting a white candle. But then suddenly I'd feel him and the ashtray would go up in flames. And I'd say, don't anybody touch the ashtray. It's going to go up in flames because Jimmy is here. And it would go up. Do you think that his spirit would be at peace now? He's at peace now. I think he's wherever he's supposed to be doing other things. Darkness crept upon L.A. And so that is Vampira as well as Liz Sheridan. Liz Sheridan very famously played Jerry Seinfeld's mother on Seinfeld. And so she dated, yes, James Dean and, you know, fell in love with him. A lot of people fell in love with him. But we're not we're not gonna talk about that. I think I think that has been exhausted to the point of okay because we weren't there they were there and you know people can be fluid maybe he was fluid but that actress the one who played vampira and she's gone now mela nurmi who played vampira and also at one point was gonna her and elvira are gonna work together and then that became something else but the fact that in, in even um, there were there was another actress who was good friends with Jimmy Dean, you know Elizabeth Taylor. Elizabeth Taylor, she has said that 
Let's see. This is Eartha Kit talking about James Dean. I went on to Las Vegas, I think, the next day to open my show. And it was a few days later that one of the girls in the chorus came to my dressing room and she said, Jamie's dead. I already knew it. He wanted me to teach him stage presence. How do I move my body in accord to the rhythm of how I'm speaking? Told him, Arthur, is it true you told him you didn't like that car? Yes. I was visiting my friend Arthur Lowe Jr. when. He was living with Arthur at the time. I was on my way to Las Vegas, and Jamie took me in that car and took me across the Mulholland Drive to where he was living in the valley to pick up some records that he wanted to play. And I told him I did not feel comfortable in the car, and I said, you should not be in this car. This car is going to kill you. And he looked at me and said, oh, kid, you're on one of your voodoo trips again. And I remember exactly where I was when he died. I was working at El Rancho Vegas, and I came off stage, was in my dressing room, when a girl came into my room and told me that Jamie Dean had died. I, I was almost in screaming, too, and telling her that that was the dumbest, stupid joke I have ever heard in my life. Don't play with me like that. And she said, turn on the radio, and I did, and it was announcing that he was dead. And of course, we, we all stood still. <coughs> we had no words. Was it a two-car accident, Martin? Yes. Well, it was, yeah. What happened? He was on a Porsche, and there were very few, poor spider. There were very few of them in the country. It's a very low car, and people weren't used to looking. You know, he wasn't going that fast. He was doing 70 miles an hour, approximately. But he'd been given a ticket, like, about an hour before, before for and 120, but the I car know. would do 170 miles an hour. I know hour. that. Okay, I good. know, but they say his, his mechanic, who, whether it, who was Wrong. with him, said he was only doing about 70. There was a passenger. Yes. Yeah. He was his mechanic. They were going to a race. Uh, to actually race the car. He had just finished his work on Giant, and he wasn't allowed to race during the Giant. Uh, so he'd also taken the money that he made from Giant to buy the car. So what happened? It, yeah. Well, he was going along, he heading north, and this guy was at the Turnip Seed. Turnip Seed was his name. Was parked right there. It was an island, in essence, and just. At the most inopportune moment, the guy turned this way, and apparently Jimmy said something like, he's not going to do that. No, no, no. Well, I'm no said not that's really what I, that's why, because I talked to Turner C once. Well, it, it seemed okay. the, car, the highway went this way, and there's a highway, there's a road coming in like this, in an angle, that right. the stop sign, and this guy didn't stop the stop sign. So it was the other guy's what happened. Oh, absolutely. And Jimmy just drove right into him. And, and, and Rolf said to him, said the guy sees us uh, Jimmy he said you better watch out for that guy and Jimmy says he sees us he he'll sees stop us. Yes. which I always remember because Jimmy never trusted anybody like that it may have been the only time that he Was ever he killed instantly let me get a break we'll be right back don't go away Jimmy we probably have a great many young people watching our show tonight and for their benefit I'd like your opinion about fast driving on the highway do you think it's a good idea a good point I uh, I used to fly around quite a bit, you know. I took a lot of unnecessary chances on the highway. We're going to play that in a bit, but that is Martin Landau. 
Dennis Hopper, Eartha Kitt, Larry King, all talking about James Dean on the anniversary. It was, the, I believe, the 50th anniversary of his death. In fact, they're all gone. Everyone in that in that thing is gone. Everybody. And um, I wanted to play a little more of... These are the people that knew him. I think he was traumatized, yes. But I, as a... As a person who is unhappy per se, I don't think he was unhappy as somebody would be talking in terms of me being unhappy or someone being unhappy. I think he was just a very traumatized person. And this is what he showed all the time without even realizing that it was being seen. Oh, those of us who felt it realized it. And you always wanted to put a hand out to him, to hug him, to hold him, because that's the feeling I always got from him, that he wanted to be held. He wanted to communicate with you, and he wanted you to communicate with him. He didn't like to be in a conversation that didn't make sense, for instance. That's why maybe a lot of times we didn't have to talk to one another, because we understood what the other one was thinking, even before the words were spoken. There was a gay rumor. Victor, I'm playing. Eartha Kitt spends much of her time doing musical performances around the country, concert halls in Palm Beach. So let's pull away from that. Um... Because I, w- I was thinking of what was it? Yeah, because there's there's a lot to his life. There's a lot to his death in terms of, but also that influence. Not a lot of people. really measure well I wouldn't say measure up but in terms of that kind of fame it was fast I mean I believe what was it 17 months I believe maybe longer or is it 25 months I I know there's different there's actually book you know there's books there's plays about it there's five Jimmy Dean at the five and dime which was a Broadway play and then turned into a movie with Cher and uh, Kathy Bates. That that's an, and they're all mourning the loss of of James Dean, or I think the anniversary of his death. And then you have um, songs. You know, Joan Jett has a really great song called "Riding with James Dean" from the. Uh, I believe that's from the 80s. A lot, you know, a lot of people have all said they met him and they could tell, whoa, this guy doesn't have long to go. Some people can, some people can pick on, usually with animals, with cats and dogs, you can tell, oh, okay, you know, the dog is is up there in years or the cat you know or the bird but when it comes to humans usually you you sense that when they're older not when they're younger now the actor Alec Guinness Obi-Wan Kenobi Bridge Over the River Kwai he met James Dean and very in, in fact that was the first time Guinness ever came Hollywood, and I and I wanted to play this briefly. It's tied to its bonnet, uh, and I said, 
how fast you, can you drive? And they said, oh, I can do 150 in it. And I said, have you driven it? He said, no, I've never been in it at all. And some strange thing came over me, some almost different voice. And I said, look, I won't join your table unless you want me to, but I must say something. Please do not get into that car. Because if you do, and I looked at my watch, and I said, if you get into that car at all, it's now Thursday, whatever the date was, uh, 10 o'clock at night, and by 10 o'clock at night, next Thursday, you'll be dead if you get into that car. I love nonsense. Someone had dinner, we had a charming dinner, and he was dead the following uh, Thursday afternoon in that car. It's one of those odd things. That is is something very odd. But I wanted to end with the PSA with him and Gig Young. In fact, I believe this is on the Rebel Without a Cause DVD. Oh, and it's a wonderful commercial. I'm so tired of these you know that's part of YouTube's thing is if if you want if you don't want the commercials you have to pay. James Dean. Hi Jimmy. Hi Gig. We asked Jimmy over today because he's a racing man himself, a real one, not a crazy one. Incidentally, I think I should explain that Jimmy just stepped over from the set of Giants. And need I add he plays a Texan. Speaking of racing, have you ever been in a drag race? Are you kidding me? I just thought I'd ask. No, Jim races in the tradition, you might say. Real racing cars, real tracks. How fast will your car go? Oh, an honest mile an hour. Clock, it's run about 106, 7. You've won a few races, haven't you? Oh, one or two. Where? Well, I showed pretty good at Palm Springs. I ran a Bakersfield. Jimmy. We probably have a great many young people watching our show tonight, and for their benefit, I'd like your opinion about fast driving on the highway. Do you think it's a good idea? A good point. I, uh, I used to fly around quite a bit. You know, I took a lot of unnecessary chances on the highways. And I started racing, and uh, now I drive on the highways, and I'm uh, extra cautious. No one knows what they're doing half the time. You don't know what this guy's going to do with that one. On a track, there are a lot of men who spend a lot of time developing rules and uh, ways of safety. And uh, I find myself being very, very cautious on the highway. I don't have the urge to, to speed on the highway. People say racing is dangerous, but I'll take my chances on the track any day than on the highway. Well, gig... I think I'd better take off. Oh, wait a minute, Jimmy. Um, one more question. Do you have any special advice for the young people who drive? Take it easy driving. The life you might say might be mine. <laughs> and that is eerie and prophetic. So here we are, celebrating what would have been the 91st birthday of James Byron Dean actor, friend, lover, um, artist, lover of jazz, lover of of acting. Everyone, though, that came in contact with him, they loved him. You really didn't find anyone that disliked him. 
and he was on the rise in Hollywood. And there's always been that question, what what might have been? That that's that's with a lot of people who die young. So, James Dean, happy birthday! We still watch your films. People are still conjuring you. There's even ghost sightings of him in that area that he died of someone with a red jacket on. Yeah. So here's to you. 91 years eternally on the screen forever. As always, unpleasant dreams. James Dean. Hi, Jimmy. Hi, gig. We asked Jimmy over today because he's a racing man himself. A real one, not a crazy one. Incidentally, I think I should explain that Jimmy just stepped over from the set of Giant. And need I add, he plays a Texan. Speaking of racing, have you ever been in a drag race? Are you kidding me? I just thought I'd ask. No, Jim races in the tradition, you might say. Real racing cars, real tracks. How fast will your car go? Oh, an honest mile an hour. Clocked, it'd run about 106, 7. You've won a few races, haven't you? Oh, one or two. Where? Well, I showed pretty good at Palm Springs. I ran a Bakersfield. Jimmy, we probably have a great many young people watching our show tonight, and for their benefit, I'd like your opinion about fast driving on the highway. Do you think it's a good idea? A good point. I, uh, I used to fly around quite a bit, you know. I took a lot of unnecessary chances on the highways. And I started racing, and, uh, now I drive on the highways, and I'm, uh, extra cautious. Because uh, no one knows what they're doing half the time. You don't know what this guy's gonna do with that one. On a track, there are a lot of men who spend a lot of time developing rules and uh, ways of safety. And, uh, I find myself being very cautious on the highway. I don't have the urge to, to speed on the highway. People say racing is dangerous, but I'll take my chances on the track any day than on a highway. Well, Gig, I think I'd better take off. Oh, wait a minute, Jimmy. Um, one more question. Do you have any special advice for the young people who drive? Take it easy driving. The life you might say might be mine. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks also to story executive Walter McEwen for telling us how today's headlines help create an absorbing motion picture. We hope when you see Rebel Without a Cause at your favorite theater, that this glimpse behind the cameras of how a story was born will help you enjoy the picture more. I'll be back in a moment to tell you about next week's Behind the Cameras.
Hello, Jet. What do you want? My welcome in, babe. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Why, that's wonderful, Jet. <laughs> Everybody thought I had a duster? Y'all thought old Spindle Topmo Burke Burnett was all over the world, didn't you? Well, I'm here to tell you it ain't, boy. It's here. And there ain't a dang thing you're gonna do about it. My well came in big, so big, big, and there's more down there, and there's bigger wells. I'm rich, Bill. <laughs> I'm a rich I'm a rich boy. Me, I'm gonna have more money than you ever thought you could have. You and all the rest, you stinking sons of Benedicts. Leslie, you go out in the house. Take the women with you. Jack, we're real glad you struck him. Now you go on along home. Oh, my, you sure do look pretty, Miss Leslie. You always did look pretty. Just pretty nigh good enough to eat. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Boy, take it easy. Take it easy, boy. Hey, come on. Wait a minute. Ah, you test you, Vic. Tessie is an old cook. Shot that fellow a long time ago. Now he's too rich to kill. <laughs> <laughs> 